Hello, everybody, and welcome to the Stronghold Podcast, coming to you uh, in Singapore after an amazing UFC event. Jake, the producer, is in the house. Hey, how you doing? Literally, he's sitting in my house. Okay, yes. This is a Halloween podcast. After one of the best uh, UFC cards that we've had in a while, especially the main card delivered pretty well. And, in fact, uh, we're going to do uh, some technique videos for you later for a couple of the fights on the main card so the fights were really good jake how are you feeling about them fights dude i the ones i actually got to watch all the way through and didn't have the finish ruined for me by uh, my streaming service were brilliant and even the ones that got ruined with pretty good fights do you want to which one do you want to start with let's with jump so many. let's jump right into the 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 main card there why don't we start with uh, hamzat because uh the, he was the the first big fighter there on the on the main card so if you haven't seen the ufc uh today spoilers starting right now. So uh, Hamzat was able to put out uh, Li Jingliang really quick, really easy. First man, I'll tell you what, these these guys, man, some of these wrestlers that you're getting, Hamzat just took him down, smashed him, took his back, flattened him out, choked him unconscious. He was unconscious for a while. I don't know if you saw the, the, the full ending, but he was, that was like the longest I've ever seen somebody be out from a choke. Yeah. Like, so, go ahead. Oh, no. So there was problems with my streaming service. Uh, I, I clicked on it to like click on it like oh right i'll watch that fight and it cut into the video right at the end of the fight where he's got him in the choke and lee's eyes are just starting to like glow bloodshot and bulge out of his head like he absolutely nailed that joke on him yeah he's so powerful i mean he just took the first takedown that he got i think there's some ridiculous statistic with hamza that i think he's his strike differential is like he's he he like he's landed over 300, 400 strikes or something like that, and he's been hit three or four times. See if you can find an actual, maybe statistic, a real one. It's got to be online somewhere. It's it's something crazy. I don't think there's ever been a guy that's hit been hit so little in his first four UFC fights. I think DC said he's been hit once in his last three fights. I mean that is absolutely crazy. And the story Hamzat story is crazy. I mean this guy, he had probably the worst case of COVID of any fighter that I've heard of. He was out for nearly uh, a year after having one of the best, what is it, 2020s yeah. of the year. He was like one of the fighters of the year, him and uh, Kevin Holland. And he just, he had two fights in two weeks, smashed one dude, came in, knocked out uh, Gerald Mearshart in like 20 seconds and then got crushed with COVID. He was talking about retiring. I mean, apparently he was really, really, really bad. And then it wasn't looking good because at the weigh-in, did you see the old towel trick? Yes. Did you see the old towel trick? This motherfucker, he came in, he came in uh, overweight by like one or two kilos, right? He was like 72 or 73, something like that. He came back an hour later and was like uh, 166. So he somehow lost like yeah. he somehow lost like eight pounds in an hour or something like that. But he did the old Daniel Cormier trick where he holds on to the towel and he pushed it. And then it, the person reading the weight was like, 166. He's obviously pushing on the towel. And then the lady that was sitting there watching it, she was like, wait, 166? What is that? They're like, no, no, come back. Come back. And then he put his hands free, and then he was like 171 on the dot. Yeah. So he barely, barely made weight. And, uh, you know, after all the COVID shit, I mean, that would have sucked, right? Yeah, if, if he not made weight. Yeah, so luckily, he tried to cheat a little bit. He tried to play the game a little something-something. Uh, got caught. Luckily, I mean... I'm not sure why he wouldn't get fined for that. That is blatantly fucking cheating. Like, you can't... Everyone just kind of laughs about it. They're like, ha. I'm like, no, that is uh, absolutely cheating. You definitely can't do that. Um, but, man, what I a, mean, you say you can't do that, but DC did for a title fight. So. Yeah, that's true. But, yeah, he did it. But now people knew. Pe- people back then didn't know the towel trick quite as well. Uh, so now they know. And Hamza, what a, uh, what a prospect this guy is. I mean, he, he's, um, he was just all the rage about a year ago, a year and a half ago, and then the COVID just crushed him, and now he's back, and he looks better than ever. He fought a guy that was ranked near the top 10 and just crushed him, crushed him. So, uh, and made it look easy, man. Easy takedown, easy submission, flatten him out. He looks strong as shit, yeah, man. So, so strong. He carried his opponent over to the cage, held him up in the air, just to say a few words to Dana. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I don't know if anybody's ever made it look as easy as Hamzat. He makes every fight just look easy. Now, granted, he's not fighting the killers in the division yet. I think he's only had 10 fights. It wasn't this, He's 10-0 now, right? Yeah. So, I mean, he's not really scratched that next level, but 
considering he's only had 10 fights, he's so far ahead of the level of guys that he's fought up to this point, including fighting in two different weight classes. Yep. He fought Gerald Mearshart at middleweight. I've just seen what he was saying today, you know, when he carried him over because I didn't catch it on the camera. Oh, he talked to him? Yeah. Oh, what did he say? Who's next? I'll fight anyone. I don't care. Give me prop Lesnar. <laughs> While he's carrying, <laughs> yeah. he's carrying uh, Li, Li Jingliang across the, the cage. That's hilarious, man. A little Khabib talking shit. But, yeah, I mean, the, the star is super bright for him. I'm going to break down for you all. Uh, so if you're listening to this, you can check my channel and you'll see a breakdown of me uh, choking and beating my wife a little bit, showing you guys how to do this technique. I got some good tips for you on how to on, – on, first of all, what uh, uh, Jing Liang was doing to defend because he defended it for a while. He was doing a pretty good job fighting the hands. But then Hamza just started pummeling his hands, pummeling his hands, really controlled the hips, put that choke through. And like I said, you know how like in uh, when you – when you kickbox boxing, the really bad knockouts are the ones where the guy's out for a long time. Like, yeah. those are the scary ones. Usually, like, even if you get clean knocked out, like, a second or two later, you start to see some movement, and you're like, okay, they're, they're all right. But the bad ones are the ones where the dude's out for, like, 30 seconds or a minute, and they're not moving. Those are the really scary ones. And this looked like that. I don't know how long uh, Jim Young was out for, but yeah. after the fact, he wasn't moving for quite a while. I was like, well, that's the longest I've ever seen a person stay out after the choke. He's got some crazy squeeze, man. Hamza has got a crazy squeeze on him. So, 170, we got one. Yeah, watch out. We got one. Man, what, what if we had seen that Leon Edwards fight, though, man? If we Remember when they were supposed to book Hamza and Leon Edwards? Yeah. That would have, then we really, would really know more than we know now because uh, Jim Leon is a, good, is a good fighter, right? He's at the uh, top end. Of the, I think he was like ranked 12th or 13th or something like that. So, he's a good fighter, but he's definitely not Leon Edwards level. No. Would have been interesting to see that, see how that fight goes down. We may still see that fight one day for a much bigger, bigger prize. Um, so, I mean, what do you think of Hamza, man? He just looks like every time you see him fight, he looks phenomenal. He looks unstoppable. Like him and Leon Edwards have been an amazing fight. There's some very exciting fights potentially for him in that division. He needs to walk at someone in the top five now i would say so yeah. i mean definitely top 10 can you pull up the division yeah, just let's, let, let's play a matchmaker here a little bit and see what would be good for for hamzat because i mean now now he's gonna have to take that next level up and competition. it's been too easy for him you need to see him push right to see how he responds to being pushed and right now i mean he's just making the ufc look easy it's crazy i mean there's very few guys that have had such a dominant start in the history of the ufc even like John Jones, when he first fought, looked pretty raw when he came in, and he had some early decisions, and then he found his form. Uh, Khabib, the same way. Like, Khabib had some early fights where people were competitive. Mm. I mean, Hamza, four, that's four, his fourth, right, in the UFC? Yeah, I think so. I mean, he's just crushed everybody. Easy. So, let's see. Can you put that up on the, the main screen there, and let's zoom in and see what we got in this top ten. Can you, you read that out for me? Uh, so, you got Usman as champ, obviously. Colby and they fight next week. Yeah, right boy. Oh. That's going to be a banger. Uh, ooh, ooh, ooh. Gilbert Burns, Leon Edwards, Vincente Luque, Wonderboy. Ooh, Luque, that would be... Whoa. Yeah, now see, now shit's getting real. Look at this division, man. Keza, Masvidal, Magne, Bella Mohamed. Okay, so uh, uh, Jing Liang was 11. So if we're, if we're talking about a good matchup for him, Luque, Luque, Leon Edwards... Kiesa, they could. Kiesa's a grappler, man. That could be interesting. Yeah. That that would be an interesting fight because Michael Kiesa is one of the best grapplers in that division. So uh, I, I might I might think that would be the next logical move for Hamza because he he also shouldn't jump the queue so high like top three. You know what I mean? Like fucking Leon Edwards. If they give Hamza like a fight before Leon Edwards, yeah, Edwards is fighting uh, Masvidal, isn't it? Yeah. 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 So then that leaves in the top five. That then leaves as far as I know. Burns without a dance partner, Luke and Wonderboy in the top five. Gilbert Burns would be interesting too, but Hamza's so much bigger than Burns though. Burns used to be a lightweight. There's some really interesting matchups there. That Michael Chiesa one, that's what I'm looking at. Yeah. Wonderboy would be, that might be a little tough for old Hamza. That range is hard to deal with. Wonderboy's takedown defense is really good. I think Wonderboy might be a little early, but then you still got to think like all roads lead to fucking Kamaru Usman. And that is not good for anybody because this guy, 
Yeah. Man, I'll tell you what, he's he's on the cusp of greatness. He gets a couple more title defenses. Now, now that he's actually figured out that he's so powerful, he can also punch people and knock them out cold. I he, mean, if you look at him in the early UFC when he was just like clinching people, yeah. when he was super boring and he would just like pot shot and clinch and just hold people against the cage, and you look at him now, I mean, his style has completely changed. I've never seen somebody go from from just it, well, John Jones, I guess I could I would say John, him and John Jones. That's it. Yeah. From like wrestlers who were a little tentative early on, a lot of clinching to just destroying people on the feet. Yep. I mean, it's crazy. And Kobe next week, whoo, whoo. I'm getting heart aspirations just thinking about that shit. All right, so uh, good stuff for for Hamzat, man. So we'll do a technique video of him breaking down that finish later. So uh, if you enjoy that and you want to see that, please watch it. Moving on. Uh, we'll just we'll say there were two. There was a light heavyweight fight and a heavyweight fight on that card that were boring as piss. Yeah, Volkov and uh, who was it? Uh, uh, Tybura. Volkov and Tybura. Yeah, kind of close fight. Boring. The cardio was not wasn't there toward the end of that fight. And then there was one more. What was the other fight on the main card? Uh, the opener, the uh, Ankalaev. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Ankalaev. Yeah. Another Dagestani. Another guy from Hashkala, just like Khabib and uh, Khabib and Islam. Yep. And another guy who may very well. Can you click on him real quick? Let's, we got to give Ankalaev some love because this guy is a problem. This guy's a problem. I mean, he just shut down Ozdemir. I think he's on a six fight win streak. Uh, can you click on his. Six, so he's 16 and 1. Let's see who he's beat. Uh, yeah, because he's another one. Th this guy, I mean, he's right there with, with Islam Makachev, with top, like really, really, really pushing the top five, top 10 of that division. Guy might very well be your champ. And uh, we're going to get to that yeah, champ. And that This is light heavyweight, right? Yeah. Okay, so let's see. Who do we got here? So he just beat Ozdemir. Krylov, Nikita Krylov, Kutilava, they're both pretty good fighters. Oh, yeah, that's right. I remember that Kutilava. They fought a few times. But, yeah, beat him twice. Yeah. Okay, so he's another one that's really starting to knock on the top top of that division. That's a, what's that? That's a, in the UFC. Oh, no. Oh, oh Paul Craig. Paul Craig. Paul Craig got him in that triangle. How about Paul Craig, man? That's another yeah. one. God, that light heavyweight division is getting juicy. Without John Jones there, it's it's a little juicier. It's way more interesting without a fighter that just beats everybody. I mean, it's kind of a double-edged sword, right? Because in some sense, every champ is kind of a paper champ because we all know. I mean, look at Glover, right? Yeah. Glover's the champ now. And, uh, you know, John put put the beat down on him. When Glover was, argue, you know, younger and should be in his prime, but at 42, Glover's ground and pound is ridiculous. All right, we'll digress. We'll get to Glover and Jan in a second. Point is, uh, Magomed Ankalaev, is gonna, he's another one who's going to need a top guy pretty soon. And he's another... Dagestani, who's going to be sniffing the top five, top ten of that division real soon. He's going to be a problem. He's not too old either. I think he's like 29 or 30 in that division. He's a dark that's horse. A young, that's a young guy for that division. He's a dark well. horse. There's no – yeah, because Glover's <laughs> yeah, the fucking <laughs> – Grandpa is the champ right now. So And Jan wasn't a spring chicken either. He's 38, I think, 39. Yeah, he's an old guy. And uh, all right, let's move on to the real deal. The real deal. Islam Makachev, who – I mean, for my money, it's him and Poirier, which is kind of discrediting Charles Oliveira. I just think him and Poirier are the best two in the division. Yeah. Poirier, or uh, I definitely think that uh, that Charles Oliveira has a chance to win against Dustin Poirier, but I, I'm favoring Dustin Poirier. Dustin Poirier is one of my favorite fighters. And him and Islam, that's the, that's the shadow I see looming over that division, right? That fight right there. And that fight, I, I'm not looking past Charles Oliveira. But I think Islam definitely needs like a top one, two. He's got to be only one fight so max away from the f title shot yeah, after beating he's, Hooker. Uh, he's went fifth now. And then on top of him, I'll throw it up. You got yeah, let's that. see the top five here. Gaethje, Dariush, Chandler, Makachev now. So we got Poirier and Oliveira fighting for the title. Don't know who's going to win that fight. Both guys could win. I got, but I definitely feel like it's Poirier. Gaethje's lined up. He's fighting. Um, Chandler. He's fighting Michael Chandler. So Next they're week. so they're tied up right now. But presumably, whoever wins that fight would still be higher than Islam. So maybe Islam's one fight away from a title shot. That yeah. maximum. He could fight for it next. So if, if Darius, because Darius is three, if he's not got a fight lined up, it makes sense for him and Islam to go. And then or the winner of Chandler and Gaethje. Yeah, yeah. And then whoever wins that 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 fight fights for the title next. Yeah. 
I don't know, man. I just see shadows looming over the horizon, and those looming shadows are Dustin Poirier against Islam Makhachev. And I mean, I mean Dustin Poirier getting like PTSD from what Khabib did. Well, to that's him. Oh, not that again. That's what makes this narrative so interesting, right? Because everybody, this is the narrative. Oh, he's the next Khabib. Like Islam is the next Khabib. Islam. First of all, Islam is the next Islam. He's different. He's he can do the things that Khabib can do. As we can see, I mean, what, his last three fights are all brutal finishes where he looks super dominant with submissions. So those submissions are there. But he's got a more technical striking style than Khabib, which is a double-edged sword because Islam did get knocked out. He got caught. But since then, he's been super dominant. And so he's not Khabib. He's his own fighter. And he's, he's starting to show his own path. But he's also recently, like Khabib late in his career, just not willing to play the striking game as much as he used to because he got caught. Yeah. And so far, it's worked out for him. Now, the Dustin Poirier thing is so interesting because he lost to Khabib. And there's this hill, uh, Makachev is the next next Khabib, next Khabib. So you got to know that like Poirier does not want to lose, lose to Khabib's teammate, for sure. And he's going to have to deal with, with the wrestling. But in the striking, I don't think anybody's better than Poirier, first of all. I'll say that, in yeah. the striking. But Islam is definitely proficient enough to hold his own there, and then it just can Makachev take Dustin Poirier down. And if Dustin Poirier gets the win over Islam, he f- he's I think then he's finally validated, right? Khabib's gone. If he beats Charles Oliveira, everybody knows that the boogeyman, Islam Makachev, is waiting in the wings, right? Yeah. So I think everybody kind of knows that he's the real threat that everybody in the top five has got to figure out how to deal with. Um, one who might be interesting is Benil Dariush. Because yeah. Benil's got really good jujitsu, like Benil's world class jujitsu. I think he's a black belt world cha- European champion or something. Like he's a highly level, high, high, highly competitive level uh, jujitsu. So him and Islam, that could be interesting too. But um, and Benil's on a tear, hey. But he's another guy who's been knocked out a few times in his career. That dude, that lightweight top five. It's exciting. Oh, that is brutal, man. Look at that. Islam, Chandler, Darius, Gaethje, Poirier, and Charles Oliveira. So, and then you still got Hooker and Ferguson and Dos Anjos and Conor McGregor and Gregor Gillespie. I mean, Jesus Christ. Yeah, that's that's a very exciting top 10. I mean, that is just the wood chipper to get through that. Like, man, if you get into the top of that division, you have left a piece of yourself in that fucking cage, for sure. So, uh, man, Islam Makachev is a an animal. Uh, we're also going to break down his finish. That, so, that is one of the nastiest, nastiest finishes I've seen in a long time. Like, I think the referee saved Hooker because I don't think Hooker tapped. And Dan Hooker's a tough son of a bitch. So I think he'd have let his arm break. And I think I'm, I don't can't say for certain, but I think he didn't tap and the ref saved him from oh, his arm broke. I think. I looked away. I honestly, like, I love this. Sh- I looked away from the screen. Yeah. I was literally like, Charmaine was sitting next to me, and I was just like, oh, he's going to break it. Oh, he's going to break it. And I started, to do, you know, you do yeah. that thing where you can just sense a disaster coming, so you kind of look away. That's what I started doing. And then I was like, oh, okay, he tapped. I didn't know the referee pulled him, but that shit was, that was oh. to the point where it was just about to <laughs> my, break. My, my question is, what did he tap with? Because he was so tied up. He yeah. Tap. Like, I think the, and, you know, right decision by the ref if he did. I think he saved him, because I think Hooker was saying, like, I didn't tap, but also knew he was about to get his arm broke, so didn't overly protest. Yeah, I mean, it was going to break real soon, yeah. real soon. So he definitely got his arm saved. And there's no point, right? You're done. Like, you know, you can still fight again in a six months if you don't break your shit. So, you know, you just tap, you're done. Yeah. But it was amazing. He made it look easy. I mean, I checked the sequence because I'm going to do a, te- a technique video about it. And it was, uh, so Islam was on top and uh, Hooker was playing the butterfly half. So he was like looking toward the feet with blocking the the underhook, and then Hooker had him in the butterfly half, and he just pinned the wrist down and got the Kimura grip, but he was still stuck in the butterfly half. And then Islam was able to backstep to the side control, and then you see Hooker sitting up, bringing his back off the mat because he's trying to stop Islam from stepping over his head. Because with that Kimura grip, once you step over the head, yeah, it's done. Yeah. And they were jockeying for that position, jockeying that for position, and he just somehow managed to step because the arm was back so high, so. Oh, like, anyone who's done jiu-jitsu has been caught in that Kimura and knows that feeling where you're like, oh, like I could break my arm here I'm not and so many arm. different parts can break it can tear your shoulder it can tear your rotator cuff it can break your elbow it can tear the ligaments in your elbow 
Like that, that is not just like a one, a focused singular into one area type submission. It tears muscles, it tears ligaments, it breaks bones. That's the crazy thing about that, right? Like if I armbar you, your elbow can literally snap in half, right? And that, as long as no nerves and ligaments are torn, that thing can be reset and you can be good in a few months. Yeah. But once you tear the muscle or you tear the ligament or you tear the rotator cuff or something like that, that is a grisly injury that can take a year plus to, to recover from. So those Kimuras are brutal, especially when you got a gorilla like Islam Akachev shoving that thing up behind your head. I mean, there's the, man, that team, that team is just so good. It's crazy how dominant they are, how easy they make it look. And, you know, this is all pretty new for Islam because if you watch him early on, he was striking, a lot of striking. And then now he's just being like, oh, I just I can Khabib this thing, and then I'm not risking it as much. And so far, no one's been able to stop his wrestling. No, no, it's the same thing as Khabib, that you know what he's going to do. You can plan against it all you like, but the second he starts doing it to you, you're like, oh, yeah, all right, you got me. And one of the things that you're seeing is that the Western training that you get uh, from the typical, let's say, top five of the division – you, you know, if we take a look at the lightweight division, you got Chandler, you got Gaethje, you got Ferguson in there. You got like a lot of Western style strikers that, that are at the top of the division, right? And then you got the guys like Khabib and Islam. And so far, the Western style, the kickbox, the Dustin Poirier style, the Tony Ferguson style, the Conor McGregor style, the hookers or the the hookers, the you know what I mean? The really good grappling but dynamic strikers, yeah. right? These Dagestani fighters have found a way to neutralize that. And these dyna- the Michael Chandlers, these guys have not found a way to deal with it. They always get taken down and subbed. These am- and they're all good grapplers in their own right. So these guys at, this- at the team have found the style and the way to get these really dynamic Western strikers down and smash them. Because they were even saying with um, Hooker, like Hooker throws knees up, up the middle really, really well. And that's a threat if you're coming in for a takedown. No, it wasn't. Yeah, <laughs> they yeah. couldn't even get it off. So. And it was the first punch that they saw him through. A hook, doom, duck down, got the takedown. And uh, so, I mean, this team has really found a way. And the crazy thing is they everybody knows they're going to do it. Yep. They're all training to specifically to avoid like this one thing. And no one's able to do it. The subtle weight shifts these guys use to finish their takedowns and get some of these positions is just insane. Because it, it looks easy. But that's because it's so nuanced. Right, it's you know how hard it is to just grab Dan Hooker and take that motherfucker down and hold him. Yeah, you know how hard that would be. Dustin Poirier, Conor McGregor, you know how hard it is to hold these dudes down. Nobody could. That's why you get these dynamic strikers that have been the champions for so long. And even guys like Dos Anjos, like decorated jujitsu black, like Khabib just throws them around. You know, it's just it doesn't make sense. <laughs> the, the only thing I've ever seen work against it, and. He wouldn't have won him the fight if he'd have managed to do it five rounds. It was when Khabib and Connor fought. I think it was the first round. And like Khabib takes him down and Connor just relaxes and just gives up the position. And then he wasn't in any danger in that first round. Like he defended himself well. But you'd still lose the fight doing that because you'd just lose five rounds straight. Yeah. And that's the closest thing I've seen to not even stopping it, but being able to cope with it, at least, if that makes sense. Like, being able to keep yourself out of danger once they've got you down there. That's the only time I've ever seen someone do that, because normally when you're down there, you're down there and you're in danger as well. And Connor not managed to nullify it for one round, but it wouldn't have won him the fight if he'd have done it for five. So Well, and the thing that, the, that we're not talking about is the, the defense of those guys, of like Khabib and Islam, right? I mean, the, they almost never get hit. Yeah. They never get it, it, Islam did get, did get hit. He did get knocked out once early on in his UFC career. It's his only loss in 20, whatever, 20 something fights. So he has got caught, but it's one time and he's just wrecked everyone. Khabib almost never hit. He occasionally got like, you know, he had some scrappy fights in his early where it was like with Glacian Tebow, right? Where they're taking each other down a lot and stuff like that. But they're, they just really don't get hit flush like very often ever. So part of it is that wrestling style. But then also their defense is really, really good. Like they don't get hit clean very often. They don't get cut. They don't get dropped. Like yeah. they, they're just they're just freaks of nature, man. Uh, that team is just spectacular. Amazing. And it seems like nobody else can catch up. It's like uh, oh, and they're not giving out those secrets. Yes. <laughs> they're not like going, Oh, come train with us. Like we'll we'll teach you everything we know. No. And you know they I mean the thing is they just wrestle every day. They wrestle like we do jujitsu every day, but they're not starting on their butts. 
Yeah. They're not starting on their knees. Like they're always doing that. So the thing is like, you can't just come into a training camp, wrestle for six months and then think you can do, these guys have been literally, could be wrestling fucking bears. Like they've been wrestling since they were four or five years old and they've continued it. And they're always wrestling. They're not starting any rounds on their knees. They're not, not starting any rounds on their back. They're doing a lot of, and they were doing combat Samba when young. So they know how to ground and pound with the submission threats and the wrestling. They weren't learning them in total isolation. And you just can't make up that ground by wrestling more in a training camp. No. And so you're seeing them just be levels above them with the grappling. And even if it feels like, you know what I mean? Even with these guys, it feels like if they get caught, it's almost a lucky punch. Because they're so dominant. Yeah. Right? Even John Jones has had really close, tough fights. But Khabib and Islam, other than the one, have had, you know, pretty much walk in the park. I mean, amazing talent. Amazing talent. So, uh, like I said, he's not the next coming of Khabib. He's his, he's his own thing. And uh, we got to see where it's going to go. But that division is just a fucking wood chipper. It's a scary prospect when you think, when you think oh, it's Khabib, but with better striking. Yeah. <laughs> and he hasn't even needed to use it recently. No. And you know it's there. Yeah. You know it's there. So, all right. So, good stuff. Let's move on to the next one, which is... Peter Yam, Sandhagen. Yeah. So, this was an interesting fight. It started off really interesting. Uh, I thought I thought Sanhagen was doing great early on, especially the first second round. Um, but it seemed like I think Jan just had the better cardio. I mean, first of all, Jan hurt him in the third round. Yeah. When he dropped him with that spinning back fist and then that 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 I think it was a left hook, and that dropped him. After that, he never seemed to have the power anymore. He was still bouncing around on his feet. He was still moving around the outside. But the quick cuts, the pivots that he was doing, and then the power shots were just gone. And it was just a lot of pitter-patting. So it's a combination of two things, I think. The fact that, one, Jan hurt him. And then, two, I think that he just he carried the power way later. Like, the fourth and fifth round, Jan was still throwing fucking heat. Yeah. And you could see Sandhagen was dancing around and pitter-patting at him. But there was no threat. Like, they weren't uh, hard enough to hurt him. So, um, But early on, they were. The first and second round, they were. So I thought... Sanhagen is obviously one of the best in the division, but Jan might – he's a special. He's yeah. A, I mean, you think that he lost the belt himself by kneeing uh, Aljamain in the head. Like, he, he was winning that fight, and then he made a terrible miscalculation. But, yeah, who's going to beat him? I don't know. I mean, he's – after – if he beats Aljo, which, come on, mm, you know, he mm, probably will. Yeah. If he does, he's beat everybody in the top five, I think. Can you pull up the – so oh, TJ's still TJ. looming. TJ's still looming. TJ's in there. injured though, isn't he? Yeah, he's injured. A bad one too. Yeah. So Aljo's the champ. Jan is one. Dillashaw two. Sandhagen. Rob Font though. Rob Font looked really damn good in his last fight. Oh, okay. God, this division, dude. This division is nasty. Aldo in there. Aldo Marab Devalishvili, who is like a takedown machine. That fight was crazy with him and uh, uh, Marlon Marais. Marlon nearly killed him in that first round. He just gutted it back and broke him. That guy's a dark horse, too. Marab Devalisvili is a dark horse. Cody Garbrandt, Frankie Edgar, Rob Font, Corey Sandhagen, Jose Aldo, Pedro Munoz, Marlon Marais. God, that division. What? <laughs> and TJ Dillashaw is still, still in there cooking. That Okay, here's what's crazy about that. First of all, that division is ridiculous. And Jan is... Bounds looks like a league ahead of everybody else right now. Yeah, it'd be um, uh, him and Dillashaw would be interesting if Dillashaw can get fit and stay off the old Mexican supplements. Then yeah, that'd be a good one. I'm conflicted about that one. One, he's just injured yeah. pretty badly. That heel hook, I think, tore his ACL in the fight with Sandhagen. Um, and he was at a long layoff before that. Now he's having another long layoff, and he's getting a little long in the tooth. He's getting a little older. I think he's 36 or 37 now. He, dude, Piotr Jan is like 28. I mean, he's in his prime. Won the belt at 27, which is pretty young to win the belt in the UFC. And then has just looked so dominant. People can take rounds from him, but he's patient. Yeah. If he needs to bring out the dog, he will. But he's, he downloads the information. He takes the reads. He processes. And then he just starts to take over in the middle rounds and crushes people. His boxing is he, some of the best I've ever seen in yeah. the UFC. Being champ as well, five-round fights suits him. Yeah. Because it gives him, it means, all right, I can take the first round and I can give up the first round to figure out the guy's patterns and reads and then I'll dominate the next four. Whereas if he's in a three-round fight, that's a more risky tactic. 
but yeah. five, it's okay for him to do. Yeah, you're right about that. Um, I, I, I think he finishes TJ if they fight. Yeah. I, I don't like the style for, for Dillashaw. I like the Sandhagen style for Dillashaw because it's very similar to what they both do. But a lot of heavy boxers, heavy-handed boxers, have caused TJ Dillashaw problems, including uh, Henry Cejudo, Cody Garbrandt. People with really crisp punches have caught him clean, knocked him out. Dodson knocked him out. Um, he's really good against kickboxers. He's really, really good against kickboxers. But people that are really strong boxers have given him problems, and he's hitting that's yawn to a fucking T. Yeah. The other thing, though, is that TJ Dillashaw is one of the most like overly competitive human beings in the world. So I feel like he's going to come in in really good shape and try to fuck. So, but I think Jan finishes him. I just don't see anybody in that division beating him right now. He's, uh, I think he's a little bit like like Valentina. You know what I mean? He's just yeah, he's just above uh, everyone. Yeah, he's just a level ahead. These fucking Russians, dude. <laughs> I can't. I don't know what they put in the water over there. But these these didn't all the Russians on the main card win? Yeah, every single done. one of them won, right? Yep. What the fuck? Oh man. Uh, keep me away from there. I don't want any of that shit. <laughs> All right. And then let's get to the main event. Old man power. Jake, you still got a chance, bro. Oh, you still he, got a chance, a year, dude. He's a year older than, he's a year older than me. I'm hey, still in there. You're still in your prime, bro. You can get it. Come on, dude. I don't like it. Getting out of bed in the morning is difficult for me. I don't know. He's done that at the age of 41. Come on, 42, man. So that's amazing. There's still time. We'll get you into one, dude. You're in your physical prime right now. Glover Teixeira, 42 years old, just had his 42nd birthday. I can't believe he won. I can't believe – I thought for sure Blahovich was going to win. I don't know what went on with Blahovich there. He seemed like he was just stuck. He made a terrible decision to try and lock a Kimura on Teixeira yeah. when he didn't have a position. And just he, went, oh, I'll go for – is it position over submission or submission over yeah. – Submission, that's what's first. You know, what I think he was, you know what I think he was trying to do was that that choke. He caught that dude at – can you uh, – can you uh, Google uh, Blahovich rear naked standing rear naked choke? As you can see, he caught somebody with this in the UFC, and he had the arm underneath the neck, but he didn't have his legs wrapped around his partner. And I think this is what he was trying to do. But Glover's too good, and he brought him straight down. So you can see an image of this, and then let me see if you think that uh, if this is what he was trying to go for. So there should be a. Just trying to find it now. I can't remember exactly who he fought. Yeah, so just click on oh, one of those. One. Yeah. And then we can put this up on the screen. I can't remember exactly who the opponent was. Yeah, so if you can zoom out there, you can actually see that he doesn't have his... The guy's right leg is behind his, right? So he doesn't have his legs around... Is there another angle where you can... Uh, let me where this fat fucking head isn't there? Because this is an interesting move. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right there, that one. Yeah. So you can see that Blahovich isn't actually behind him. Right, so if you're listening to this, you know when you do a rear naked choke, you need to be directly behind your opponent. But if you can get a deep enough grip on the neck, then you can still sometimes finish it. Same thing with the guillotine. If you have a really, really deep guillotine and know exactly how to squeeze it, you can finish people without having the legs around them. Yeah. And Blahovich did it here. I feel like he was trying to go for something like this on uh, on Teixeira, but Glover's just too good. And then I think he just tripped him right, right down because he had that position on his legs, behind his legs. So it's a risky maneuver. This is why they tell you position first. And, you know, you get some of those freaks that can just squeeze your head till it pops off and they're able to finish that. But someone like Glover is too good. Man, his control, his wrestling and ground and pound, he just gets hit and then takes people down every time. He gets hurt and then just takes everybody down. Tiago Santos nearly killed him. Remember? <laughs> yeah, and then he just yeah. grabs him and then takes him down. He's like, oh, you nearly knocked me out. I'm just going to take you down now. And somehow it works. Usually they're chicken dancing and their balance is off. He gets hit. He's flying around. He grabs a hold of you and just ends up on top of you. Yep. It doesn't make any sense. He's got that crazy squeeze strength where he's just able to. Can I tell you where you saw that in, say, he was using the can opener to open the guard. Oh, which yeah. Which is a brilliant way to open guard, I feel. Uh, but, oh, my. Did you see him right? I think he's right at the end of the first. And I'm like, if you've ever been caught in that with a can opener, yeah. he's just like so tight, like driving the neck into the. Chin. Like I've seen people be, you know, pass out from that. It's a neck crank too, man. Yeah. It hurts your hurts oh, your neck. Like and I and I like how like uh, <laughs> he was doing it to open Blahovich's guard, right? Yeah. And then Blahovich opened his guard, and he's like, Nah, I'm just gonna keep. Yeah. <laughs> he's like, I'm not I've gonna. Still got it. I'm actually all right. I'll keep this. Well, what what Glover does is he's a uh, he's nasty in there. 
He's nasty in there. He's like putting his forehead in your chin. He's covering your mouth. He's punching you. He's posturing up. He's pummeling in with dirty elbows. He's just hammer fisting wherever he can. He's just making it grindy and grimy and cranking on your neck and just every spot where he can make you uncomfortable. He's doing it. And he's so strong yeah. that he's able to get these guys down. He's, he's One thing about his age is you can tell that he is a little bit can't take a punch like he used to. He gets hurt in a lot of fights. But he somehow manages to stay awake and then get those takedowns, and people just can't stop it. And Old man strength is real. 42. Yeah. He's the oldest first-time champion in UFC history. Because, uh, you know, Randy won it later, but he won he it also when he was in his 30s, in his late 30s. And uh, who else won it? Was it only Randy who won in his 40s? Yeah. Hendo didn't. No, I don't think Anderson so. Anderson was not quite 40, I don't think. So, yeah, I think he's the, the first time, which... I kind of got like Brandon Moreno type vibes after he won. Like it was just one of those moments was like, I can't believe this old bitch did it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like I felt it was such a feel good moment. I like Blahovich too. Yeah. But man, you got to just love the old dog going in there, getting it done. You know, I still kind of feel like the shadow of John Jones looms a little bit over everybody in that division because he never lost and he beat, you everybody. know, he beat Glover, you know, so everybody kind of knows who still the king is, but the division's more fun now. But speaking of another presence that's looming over that division, Yuri Prohaska. Oh boy, this one. He he might be the one, and he's gonna have the next shot for sure at Glover Teixeira. I don't know if I like Glover's chances against the power of Prohaska. He is a big light he heavyweight. Is huge. He is a unit, man. He is a violent, violent unit. And uh, I don't think anyone's taken him down yet. Has anyone taken him down in the UFC? Prohaska. I think so. You know Glover's going to try, though. Oh, yeah. You know he's going to try. If anyone can, Glover can. Now, uh, he's fought good grapplers. Like, he fought Muhammad Kimo. Yuri's fought some really good grapplers uh, throughout the years. Yeah, let's pull that division up. We know that Yuri's next. And if Glover can get past Yuri Prohaska, if he can, I feel like he's really cemented his title reign. Um, But that's tough. Okay, so Glover's now the champ. So that'll probably slide Blahovich into number one. Prohaska will be two. Oh, th- three, rather. Yeah. Then you got Alexander Rakic, Anthony Smith, Santos, Reyes, and the next dark horse, Uncle Ive, who just went, who just won today. So most likely, what you'll probably see next is Blahovic versus either Prohaska or, oh, sorry, um, uh, Rakic or Uncle Ive. Yeah. That would make the most sense. And then you have Yuri and Glover. And uh, if Yuri wins. That's going to put that whole division on notice. He might be the next actual, the next actual champ that you might think could beat John Jones as well. Because yeah. I mean, you know, Glover's a champ. Glover lost to him already. We all kind of know probably what would happen if John fought Blahovich. Yeah. But Prohaska, I don't know what would happen if Yuri Prohaska fought John Jones. That would be he fucking crazy. A big fella. Yeah, he's a big, explosive. That spinning back elbow. That he knocked out uh, Dominic Reyes with was ridiculous, ridiculous. But uh, congrats to Glover, man. Forty-two years old, winning the championship. Can you imagine how that would feel? Like how he seems so chill about it. It's just like, re- like obviously ecstatic, but just like, oh yeah, it's really nice. I'm gonna take a few months off. Because he's, he's he's old. His back hurts. His <laughs> knees hurt. He's just like he's he's not even emotional about it because he's like, oh man, my back. <laughs> but forty-two years old, what a legend. I mean, won the title. Nice. Seems like the nicest guy ever. You see him and Blahovich in the. Did you watch any of the pre-fight videos? Yeah. The so embeds or anything. The they're stuff. making jokes with each other. They're having a good time. They're sitting there talking to each other. Like, hey, bro. Glover's like, hey, bro. How you doing? You know, uh, we're gonna have a good time. He's, he's so fun. Yeah. He seems like a really, really nice guy, and couldn't be a nicer guy to win the championship. What a story. I don't know if his legacy as the champion will be long-lasting or dominant. Uh, but either way, he's marked him. He's oh, marked just his. Let him, just give him an easy. You know, like they did with Bisping, where they were like, "All right, you can have a really easy defense in your home country, and then you've got to fight someone real." Just do that for. I him. mean, fight. the the only thing they could do would be the Bohovich rematch. That would be the only fight that I feel like. Because who else? Who else is there? I mean, it's clearly Yuri Prohaska. He's clearly the next contender. Yeah. Um, outside of that, Rakic is okay. Rakic is not that interesting, I don't think. Um, so I think Bohovich would be the rematch. Would be the only, like. Good chance Glover could still win. I don't know if he's going to beat. Maybe I'm undercutting him. What if he beats Prohaska? 
They don't have to eat a fat dick. And tell me what's up, Glover. Dude, do it, man. Get, you, get your old ass in yeah. there and win. I'm cheering for you. If anyone can do it. If he gets a takedown, on, I mean, if he can get on top of, I think if he can get on top of anybody in that division, got he's, got, he's got some problems. He's got heavy, heavy ground and pound. Really good at keeping people down. And nasty jiu-jitsu. Arm triangles, rear naked chokes. Pahovich taps so quick to that choke. The, I think the Aspovich though, like, because because he, he did tap so quick, they were like, oh, he's injured or something like that, and he was just like, what, what do you want me to say? He had me. I wasn't getting out of it. So what's the point? Huh? I was robbed a little bit, a little bit of the suspense of Blahovich winning because I I got it spoiled while I was trying to look for the fight, which kind of made me mad because and I pretended like I didn't see it. <laughs> you, know, you, know, <laughs> you know how you like see a spoiler in your peripheral vision yep. and your brain puts together like what the spoiler is and then you just start negotiating with yourself be like, "Ah, oh, maybe I saw it wrong." Maybe, <laughs> like, yeah, oh. maybe it's not what I think. Yeah. Oh no, it's. Yeah, yep. and then you know exactly. So I kind of got it wasn't like when Moreno won and I was like, "Oh my god," cuz I didn't know. I I kind of saw in my peripheral vision that that uh Teixeira had won. But still, it was a really How did you feel watching him win? Oh, I was cheering for him. Like, I wanted him to you win wanted him just because of the age. Thing. Did you get it spoiled or did you not know? No, I didn't know. Nice. Yeah, yeah so it's all right. I didn't know the result of the fights today, apart from when my streaming service actually ruined it for me, and it didn't ruin that one, fortunately. Nice. So that one, you got, you got off spoiler free. Yeah, I mean, great fight. Let's uh, let's move on to that from that, unless you got... Yeah, turn that thing on. It's yeah. hot in here. Let's move on, unless you have anything else about that. I mean, great great main card. I went through and I checked those, the spoilers on the on the main, oh, the prelims and stuff like that, and there was a lot of decisions. and But the main card was good. A lot of finishes, a lot of dominant finishes, man. Islam and Hamza. Apparently, it's crazy. There was some awful refereeing on the prelims. Yeah, I, I saw something about yeah, that. I've not seen the fight, but the ref took a point straight away for an accidental groin shot. But then I think he was supposed to ref other fights on this card and his performance was so bad they pulled him off it oh really so it must have been awful but well, I've not seen it well that's the thing in uh, Abu Dhabi they can kind of, kind of do what they want yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean you're not going to the Nevada Nevada State Athletic Commission and then getting a referee pool but in Abu Dhabi <laughs> do what you want do what you want man find another one yeah so it's these athletic commissions can be interesting sometimes because you can get away a lot more in a lot of other places <laughs> like that towel shit yeah right I mean if he had done that in the states he probably would have got fined fine minimum maybe suspended who knows but blatantly cheating to try to make weight, right? And they're just like, nah. Abu Dhabi's like, that's fine, don't And then Hasbullah just goes and punches somebody and everybody forgets about it. <laughs> <laughs> okay, um, you want to look at next week's card? Yes, yes. Let's, let's talk about next week's card. Oh. Oh, doggy. Read it out for us, bro. So, main, main card kicks off with uh, Edgar Marlon Vera. That's an exciting one. Who you got? I gotta go with Cheeto, Marlon Vera. I mean, Frankie. Frankie's just too old, man. Frankie, you too old. How old is he? Can you? Is he? He's not Glover, but he's all. Oh, forty. Yeah. Now here's the thing: you can get away with forty at light heavyweight and heavyweight, and you know Glover's probably two thirty walking around, so he's basically a heavyweight. But when you're a bantamweight, when you're small and fast twitch, that speed goes. The power stays, so you can get away with a lot of stuff. Even Blahovich, right? Yeah. He's got that crazy power. Thirty-eight, thirty-nine years old, still hurting everybody. Um, but the speed, the fast twitch is what goes first. And, uh, you know, Frankie got knocked out by Corey Sandhagen. He got knocked out He's by... He's had a few brutal knockouts of late. Yeah. Uh, Brian Ortega. Yeah. Brian Ortega knocked him out. And Marlon Bear is the right age. He's coming into his prime. He's damn good. Uh, doesn't have, like, the power that the other guys have. So that might be... Frankie's still quick. Make no mistake about it. But 40 years old as a bantamweight is a tough ask. Good fight. Love Frankie Edgar. Love him so much that I just... It's starting to get to that point where I'm just like, oh, man, I can't get pumped for it anymore. Yeah. Please stop putting him in with, like, up-and-comers in the 20s, let him fight other 40-year-olds. Yes. Then I'm happy. It's like, you know, four years ago, five years ago when Frankie Edgar fought, I was excited. Yeah. But now I'm a little nervous, <laughs> and I don't like that switch. And once I, I feel like once you get to that point, someone needs to tell you tell you what's up. Because he has not won recently, right? Uh, no. Maybe we can pull up. Frankie's record. record, real quick. I think his last fight was that knockout loss to, uh, to was it to Corey or to Brian, to Ortega. Yeah, he's on a couple, lost a couple in a row. I think. Let's have a look. And Frankie had a legendary chin. So when you see him get knocked out, all right. Let's see. Tapology in use. Okay. Oh no, I'm wrong. He's, he won a split. Oh no, no, but that was that. So he, he did get knocked out by Corey Sandhagen last time. Yeah. Okay, so his last loss was the knockout loss to Sandhagen. 
Then he won a split decision to Pedro Munoz. I remember that fight. I thought Munoz had won it. And then before that, knocked out by Korean Zombie. Before that, lost to Max Holloway. And then he, he won one decision against Cub Swanson and then knocked out by Ortega. Yeah, that's pretty salty. It's pretty salty there at the end for a legend. Ting. Don't know what that was. Sorry if it blew your ear holes. Um, yeah, so I, I don't know, man. How do you feel about Frankie? I think if he wants... With all those fighters at that age, if they want to fight, let them fight. Let them do it. But let them fight people their own age. Don't put them in with, what, Vera's 28, I think? 28. 28 versus Aww. 40. Hey, that's not going to work for me. Just put him in with one of the older guys in the division and then... At least then it's an interesting fight as well. Like you're not it's like just the, the UFC doesn't do that, man. No, no. They have no issue just slaughtering you, like sending you to the fucking, you know what I mean? Like they have no problem sacrificing any of these old legends to put over the young you guys. Give someone a little rub. All right. You know what I mean? Yep. Exactly. Exactly. And it always happens. It just pretty much, unless you're like Khabib, unless you're one of those guys that managed to get out at just the right time. But then everybody's like, oh, yeah, but your legacy, you only had two title defense. So people are just going to criticize you and whatever. But it's the it's the knockout losses at the end of a career of a great champion that you're just like, ah, oh, dude. Yeah, they're, they're the ones that do the damage. I mean, people need to do what, like, Rory McDonald did or Benson Henderson did. Or it's like, okay, you're clearly past your prime. You're losing a few fights. Go and make money in Bellator. Right? Go and make the money there. Yeah. Right, you, the competition is going to be generally lower. They're still dangerous. They're still good enough to beat you if you fuck around. But you're going to get more money, and it's you're not in the UFC's wood chipper of a division. And uh, you know that's what a lot of the older guys did. Machida, right? Chael, all the guy Fedor, right? They go over there. They get. I mean, Fedor just knocked out Tim Johnson, right? Tim Johnson was like the number two in the Bellator's heavyweight division. Well, Bellator's heavyweight division is not the fucking UFC's heavyweight division. <laughs> yeah, so he can go. So, punches at you. so he can be 44, and he can go over there, and he can fight a good guy, make a shitload of money, but not a guy who's most likely going to just destroy him, and then give all the fans that love Fedor this like sad ending, right? So a lot of people are doing that, and I think that's the move. That's Frankie can go to Bellator fight in that come, bantamweight come division. Yeah, come to one. Come to one, exactly. You know, look at DJ. Yep. DJ doesn't need to be in there fighting Figueredo and fucking, like, you know, these guys anymore. It's like... To be fair, it didn't actually work out too well for DJ in his last fight where he got kneed square in the face. Yep. I mean, that's why I'm saying, though. All these guys are still dangerous. Like, the top of the divisions in Bellator, like, the champions, the yep. top three guys in those divisions can compete with almost any UFC champion except for the very best, right? Except for the very best. Um, so... Yeah, I mean, Mike, Mike, Ch Mike Chandler came from Bellator, right? Look at you, you. So these guys can come in and do it. And then you see Mighty Mouse get knocked out, right? Eddie Alvarez get knocked out in one. So at the tip of the spear in these other promotions, you got a problem still. But the, road, fight, the road there, yeah. you can, you know what I mean? And those companies, when they pick you up, if you're an aging legend and you go to Bellator or you go to one, the companies that pick you there are trying to get more value out of you than by just feeding you to the younger guy. Because you have star power. They're, you help their marketing because you have a name. So they don't want to fucking kill you right away. They want to be more, a little bit more careful. with you. UFC, they don't give a fuck. UFC are like, no, we just want new names. No old names, new names. Yes, new, new, new. they have no issue getting the rub on these young guys by s sacrificing their legends, right? So, But people want to go in the UFC. I mean, look at Overeem. Look how Overeem's career ended in the UFC, right? If just he had just left... Brutal knockout after brutal knockout. Yeah. Yeah, Chuck Liddell... I mean, yep. I could go on and on and on, and I won't because I love those guys. Um, GSP and fucking Khabib did it right. Got out. Right. And that's why they're the best. The best. Like, the, we always say the GOATs, right? John Joe's still fighting, so, so we don't know what's up with that. But, um, yeah, so anyway, Frankie Edgar. Uh, I kind of hope he wins, man. I love Frankie, but I don't like it. Don't see it happening. Okay, next up on yep. the card, we got, uh, is that uh, Burgos versus... Oh, that's a tough one. Gaethje and Chandler's next, right? No, no. Oh, uh, Burgos Chip, and, yeah. and Quarantillo. Okay, that's a good one. Shane Burgos is tough as they come, man. He, he had a great fight with Barboza. I mean, he's tough. He's had a bunch of fight of the nights. That one that one might be fight of the night. Yeah. That's a that's a really, really fun fight. Um, neither guy's super high-ranked in division, I don't think, but they are like top 10, top 15, something like that. Might be your fight of the night, other than the next the one next on our one. list. Oh, this one's very exciting. There you go. Gaethje, Chandler. Uh, just going to, what? 
stand in the middle of the ring, winging punches at one another. I mean, I, I actually feel like this is a pretty pretty comfortable pick for me. I, I, a pretty comfortable pick with Gaethje in this one, I feel like. Yeah. I don't think Chandler's really got enough of a skill set on the feet to hurt him. I don't think they're going to wrestle too much. And I don't think even if they did that Michael Chandler's wrestling is not like Khabib's wrestling. He's not a finisher on the ground. He's like a guy that explosive with his takedowns, get a lot of scrambles. He can take your back and maybe rear naked choke you, but I don't know if he's going to do it with Gaethje. Uh, I just think Gaethje has way more tools on the feet. He's dense. He's going to kick the piss out of his legs. My only thing with Gaethje is, and he's not done it for a long time, but when he first started fighting in UFC, and he'd just think, oh, my chin can take anything, and go in and just yeah, throw down with the other guy. I think he can lose if he does that to Chandler, because Chandler's right, so powerful, that it could take him out. But Gaethje's not made that mistake in a long time. Yeah. And his chin always pretty much held up anyway. Like, the, the times that he'd got knocked out, he'd taken a beating up until... It's not like he got, like, boom, boom, one shot, knocked yeah. out, stiff, never. He had taken hundreds of strikes up to that point. Like, he... I mean, his chin is ridiculous. He's got TKO'd. He got TKO'd by Poirier. He got TKO'd by Eddie Alvarez. But that was after a brutal fight. Yeah. So, I mean, the idea that Chandler's going to come in and, like, one-punch stiff him, I don't think so. And I, he may hurt him. I mean, you see that Chandler's definitely got the ability to hurt him. Don't think he puts him out, though. Yeah. And then I think as – and he may hurt him early, and this is typical of a lot of Gaethje fights. So it w I wouldn't be surprised if Chandler hurts him. I don't know if he can finish him, though. Yeah. And then I think if they get to the point where skill for skill as the fight goes on, yeah, then Gaethje's the I think fighter. Gaethje takes yeah. over, and especially late. Because, um, you know, we haven't seen a whole lot from Mike Chandler yet in the UFC. His fight with Dan Hooker was real quick. He finished him, caught him, finished him. Against – he hurt Aldivera. But then he got finished right away in yeah. the second round or whatever. So his actual time in the UFC is really, really short. And it's been a crazy finish one way or the other. So if this fight goes longer and longer, I, I like Gaethje's chances. But both guys are gritty and tough as hell. Um, but, you know, Chandler got finished by Oliveira. Like, yeah. one stiff punch and finish. Like, Gaethje doesn't go out like that usually. So I, I like Gaethje's chances here. I think he's a pretty clear favorite, honestly. Um, so, yeah. That's what I'm thinking there. But I'm really excited for that fight, though. Oh, it's going to be brilliant. Then uh, we get into the title bouts. So we've got Rose versus uh, Zhang Wei. Yeah, Zhang Wei Li and Rose Namajunas. The rematch. I didn't really love the fact that they gave her the rematch right away. What were your thoughts on that? No, and I'm, I'm stretching my memory a bit here, but Rose beat her fairly. Like one first round knockout, right? Yeah, 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 yeah very comfortably. <laughs> My memory's terrible, but yeah. Uh, yeah, like I don't see why she got the immediate rematch. I think it was maybe second round. I think it was like a first round head kick knockout, right? I mean, she was clearly out, which is kind of weird. I think they're trying to save their Chinese market a little bit here. Yeah, right. I think it's a little bit more because when have you ever seen like a first round knockout immediate rematch booked? Especially when there's been a lot of other girls in that division who've done good work. Um, you know, I know they could have done. Who who else is in there? Yeah, so what was yeah, the round, round one head kick. Round one head kick. Can you pull up the women's strawweight division so we can see who else was in there? Because uh, someone else is on his tear, is on a tear in that division. I can't remember exactly who it is. Um, but yeah, so it's a little surprising that they rebooked it. I mean, I think they're definitely the two biggest draws in the division, and they're clearly the number one and number two. I would have liked to see them have Rose fight somebody else, but I think it was just the most money to be made here, and people maybe got the sentiment that it was a fluke. Yeah. Because it was a first-round submission, or a first-round knockout. Okay, so, yeah, it was Carla. Carla's the one who's uh, doing really well uh, lately. Uh, Mackenzie Dern just lost to uh, Marina Rodriguez, right? So she's – I mean, I guess this was the match to make. But I think Carla Sparza just beat that other Chinese girl who's damn good. Yeah, Young Xiaonan, that's it. Uh, so Carla's right there. Yeah, but, but I mean, it's not too bad. Just give her the winner. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, totally. Well, unless unless Zhang Wei Li wins this time, then what do you uh, do? Trilogy. I mean, if it's a close fight and Zhang Wei Li wins, and then they gave they gave her the rematch when Rose knocked her out, would it yeah, be they, unfair well, they, not to yeah, give the rematch again? Then right? Got to do the trilogy. Yeah, yeah. But either way, the division is good. I I like Rose in this fight still. I don't think it's going to go the same way. No, I don't think it's going to be an early finish. Um, I think this one will be a little bit more of a fight. I don't know if it's going to be like the greatest fight of all time, like like it was when uh, when Zhang Wei Li fought Yuana, but put a lot of potential for some chaos in this fight. And I think whoever wins this fight is knocking on the door of being one of the greatest in the division's history because they both have beat Yuana. Yeah. So Yuana definitely has. The, I think she had five title defenses, right? So she had more longevity. 
But considering the fact that they both beat her, I think whoever wins this is the best strawweight in history, and it should be a damn good one. Women's MMA is fucking awesome. Yeah, I'm just looking at the rankings now. The problem, the problem with the women's division is you've got stuff like so Rose is champ and that, but then they've also got a rank number three in uh, the. Oh no, that's pound for pound. That's pound for pound. That's ah. the that's the female pound for pound, yeah. right? Yeah. So Rose is definitely the number two female pound for pound. Oh, sorry, number because number three because obviously Valentina's number two. Yeah. Um, fuck the women. What? Amanda Nunes, Rose Namajunas, and Valentina Shevchenko. Holy shit. Yeah, that's a championship lineup. Whoo, doggy, man. And then you throw in, you, you know, you throw in Zhang Wei Li in there and Joanna, and it's just like, damn. Damn, these women can fight. Uh, so, yeah, nasty. Uh, great fight. I can't wait for that one. That's going to be a good one. Charmaine loves, uh, we, we both like both fighters, right? I mean, yeah. they're, they're both beasts, but of course, Charmaine loves Zhang Wei Li, and she likes Rose because her fighting style is like, you watch Rose fight and it's beautiful. It's elegant. Like she fights and it's smooth and it's elegant. So some people fight and it just looks like fucking donkey. Like like when Francis Ngannou fight, right? He starts windmill or Deontay Wilder. They start windmilling those fucking haymakers. And then you see somebody like Rose or Sanhagen in the first two rounds. They're just slick. They're sliding in and out, pivoting, great angles. There's, there's a totally different yeah. uh, aesthetic to, to the, how they fight, right? Like Rose has got what appears to be perfect balance. Yeah. Like, just amazing. She just like, slides never, in yeah. and out. And then, you know, Zhang Wei Li's just a little God, juggernaut, right? Like a little tank. Generally, the finesse people win those matches, right? But then you have seen that Rose can get tanked, right? Because that's what Andraj did to her. Yeah. Gosh, fucking bull rushed her, picked her up, dropped her on her head, knocked her out. So it's always interesting to see how those styles play out. Because sometimes the bull can win, and then other times they just get peace, right? So that's a great fight. Let's get to the main event. Oh, my God. I'm more excited for this fight than any fight this year, I think. Colby Usman 2. Now, here's the problem with this fight. A lot of people think it will be epic as the first one. I don't know if that's the case. My thing with it is that uh, Usman seems to have gone, oh, yeah, you're allowed to punch people as well really hard in the face. I'll just do that now. He's like, oh, I'm good at this? Yeah. I'm good at doing this? So I don't... I just can't imagine having two instant classics in a row. Like the odds of that are low. Usually you get one and then the other one's kind of like uh, the the guy who should have won wins, right? You know, like uh, Jones, Gustafson, yeah. Jones, DC, like that can have amazing first fight and then the second one. You, They've gotten worked out. Yeah, yeah. and the, whoever the real person is sort of comes to the surface. I suspect that might most likely be the case here. I think Usman does get it done. But... I kind of want, just because of the chaos, <laughs> I kind of want Colby to win. Is that bad? No, because he's hilarious. Yeah, I just, <laughs> I just, just because I'm an agent of chaos, though, right? It's not because I like, like Colby anymore, but I just like things getting disrupted. And if Colby won, the third fight or whoever's next would just be so epic. I don't want to miss that trash talk. That's really, Colby's been kind of quiet yep. for this one. But if Colby wins, Usman's gonna be so pissed. It's just gonna be like, it's just gonna be fucking chaos, right? His yep. nickname, right? So uh, I just think Usman's better. I just think I don't see any circumstance at all whatsoever where Colby can knock Usman out, and I can see Usman knocking Colby out. I think the only way the, the only way Colby wins, I feel like, is decision. Yeah. If he can outvolume him, if he can outpace him, but Kamara Usman has showed that his gas tank is also elite, elite. Yeah. Because Colby Covington probably has the best cardio in the division. He has in the in the Dos Anjos him fight. Him and Usman. Yeah, the, in that Dos Anjos fight uh, where Covington was just taking him down, taking him down, taking him down. That is the greatest cardio I've ever seen. It's yeah, just phenomenal. Colby Covington has as many takedowns in as many fights as Khabib. They both share the UFC record, I think, for uh, most takedowns in the first ten fights of the UFC. They're tied. Yeah, just to show you how active Colby can be with his wrestling. I don't know if he has the power to really finish Usman. He's got to push the cardio, but the thing is, Usman's cardio is right there. When has Kamar Usman ever looked tired? I've never seen him tired, ever. Fifth round of any fight, I've never seen him tired. So I don't, unless Kobe can hurt him to cut, to cut the gas tank, right? Not like, not just like they both can still keep fighting, but he has to be hurt yeah. tired, which I, I don't know if Kobe can do. Gonna, when was the last time you saw Kobe hurt someone? Yeah, like he's with put, the hands? He's put beatings on people, but yeah. he's never had anyone like on wobbly legs he's just been pop 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 and Usman hurts people yeah. he hurts people uh, 
now the other question with this fight is do does the wrestling take uh does the role of the wrestler have more of a, a role in this fight than the previous one? The first one they didn't fight it they didn't wrestle at all. No. They just beat the shit out of each other. I watched it twice in the last two weeks because it's so amazing. I literally sat down and watched that fight and I was just like on the edge of my seat. First of all, Colby did fucking good. I had Colby winning until yeah. the fifth round. So he's his striking was right there. You could see that he was Definitely hurt more when Usman would land. But Kobe hurt him bad multiple times. Kobe had him doing the chicken dance. He had him wobbled and stumbled. Kobe definitely hurt Usman in that first fight many times. Like, at least three or four times bad. Have you watched it recently? No. You might be surprised how good Kobe did. Go watch it again. I'd have to go back, yeah. I'm telling you, it's amazing. It's it's an instant classic. And you forget, because Usman's so dominant now, Kobe was hurting him a lot, especially early on. And uh, in the mid-rounds, too. And then... I think if Usman didn't finish him, Kobe might have won that fight. He was winning on two of the three judges' scorecards yeah. going into the fifth round. So I, I just don't know if he can repeat that magic. We have to see who's gotten better. But he's going to have to find a way to have better, more effective defense in this fight. Because the only he way just he just got hit too much in yeah. the last one. Yeah. 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 He can outpace him. He can outwork him. He can outland him. But he has to also last. Because if he if one or two big ones get through Usman, it's a game changer. Yeah. If, if the big ones get through, Colby can get through the big ones. You feel like Usman can still hang. But if Kamara lands that one that fucking knocked Jorge Masvidal out, oh, that jab that put Gilbert Burns down or something. Whew. Yeah, you're not uh, you're not walking through that. So who do you think will win, and who would you like to see win? Uh, I'd like to see Colby win <laughs> just for the pure chaos of it. But I. Uh, I don't want to pick against him though, because yeah, I, I always just think back to that Dos Anjos, and that was one of the greatest performances I've ever the seen. The Lawler fight too. I mean, yeah. he beat the shit out of Robbie Lawler. Uh, Woodley, he just destroyed Woodley, broke his rib with <laughs> hugging him or something. Yeah. <laughs> so I mean, they're definitely the best two in the division. Either way, I'm just praying that it is it all resembling the first fight. What I don't want to see is like a big clinch fest. Just don't do that <laughs> no, to me, Usman. Don't do it to me. Let's wrestle this time. Yeah, come on, man. Give us another epic war. I don't mind it seeing it mixed in. But what I don't want to see is like Usman when he fought Masvidal the first time. Yeah, that Usman's cool. old fights where he would just clinch people, foot stomp them. Uh, like, don't deprive us of the epic fight we all want to be safe, right? Because like, Usman right now, people starting to really like him because yeah. he's fucking people up. And if he goes back to that shit that he used to do all the time when he would just wall walk people, hug them against the fence, stomp them, little shots in there, like he did with Woodley, like he did with Masvidal the first time, yeah. like he did in his early UFC career. Uh, if he actually fights and he wins, it will be uh, he's starting to really get a lot of support behind him. And uh, but I still just want the chaos. I want, I want Colby <laughs> to win just because it's fun. <laughs> uh, yeah, yeah, I'd say I want Colby to win, but I suspect Usman will. And I also like I like Usman better. I just like the character of Colby for the for the entertainment it provides. I just want to see, yeah, see what happens. Right? Uh, it's the same thing with when I wanted uh, Derek Lewis to become champion, just to see what he did. Yeah, just to see what yeah. he would say <laughs> after he won. How hot are your balls, dude? Um, all right, man. I think shit that about covers it. Uh, this is good good week of fights. Actually, next week is also uh, Canelo and Caleb Plant. So you can keep your eye on that. That should be a damn good fight. I've been, uh, getting- Quite spicy in the build-up. Oh, yeah. Uh, Caleb, Caleb Plant. Push and shove. He's got a scar here. He's got a scar here now from where Canelo slapped him. Yeah. Canelo went up and pushed him. And then and then uh, Caleb Plant walks up and he tries to be like, here's the birdie. And he goes like this. And then Canelo <laughs> slips back and comes in. He's like, bam, bam. And he bitch slaps him and gave him a cut under his right eye. Yeah. And then he's still, I'm watching the, the countdown, the Showtime countdowns. And he's got the scar. Still yeah. there under his eyes. So Canelo already gave him something. He's going to have it forever, man. He's going to yeah. have that little piece of Canelo on his face. Um, I, I certainly think Canelo will win, but I do think that uh, that Plant's a good challenger. They're both undefeated, which is interesting. And yeah. it's this will be the first time that there will ever be a super – I think it's super middleweight or super duper, uber middle fucking weight, whatever it is, uh, champion, where the titles will be unified for the first time ever. So that's interesting. Um and there's one more. Isn't there one more banger MMA event after this one? Uh, let's have a look. Oh, Holloway. Yes. Lights. Yes. Real quick. Yeah, yeah. Right we can talk about that one next week, but let's just uh, take a quick look at it. Holloway. Oh, oh shit. It's exciting. Oh, man. Holloway early, early and Yair Rodriguez. That. Early pick for that. I'm going Holloway every time. <sighs> yeah, I got to go Holloway because no one is tougher than Max Holloway. No. And I don't think that even if Yair will lands one of those crazy fucking kicks and all that kind of stuff, I think Holloway would just eat it, yeah. eat it and come forward. And they're talking about the word on the street is that they might be looking at Holloway versus Conor McGregor. Ooh. 
I don't like that fight for Conor McGregor. No, I don't either. That's going to be. I don't like that fight for Conor McGregor. I like the fight. I mean, they can't really give it to him now, but Oliveira would be a good matchup for, for yeah. Conor McGregor. That would be a winnable fight for him. Um, anyway, so uh, what else is here? Yair, Holloway. What else do we have on the card real quick? We'll, we'll preview this one next week. Oh, Kevin Holloway's fighting again. Ke- no, he got injured, I think. Oh, is he out? Or maybe they or they rebooked it later. Oh, okay. Oh, okay. Son, Son Yandong's on there? Yeah. Oh, nice. Who's he fighting? Song is fighting. Song Yandong. Uh, Julio... Okay, and that's uh, that's the main card, right? Okay, yeah. so we'll, we'll break that fight down next week. So uh, everybody, thank you all for listening to this. If you enjoyed this content, check out the breakdowns that I'm going to do where uh, me and the wife break down the finishes. I'm going to give you some details on how to finish your rear naked choke like uh, Hamzat did and details on how to finish your Kimura like uh, Islam did. And I'll show you why the positions were uh, happening the way they were happening and give you some really nice details on how you can use details that they use to finish the fight uh, in your training. So uh, if you want to see that, stay tuned. If you enjoyed this podcast, please like and share it, and we will be back next week. Also, quick shout-out to Lion City Championship. The breakdown is coming, guys. If you're from Singapore, um, you know that your boy is doing the live commentary for the, the Lion City Championship. Uh, me and Fuck a Fuzz are going to get in there and, and call the fights. Uh, first amateur event back in Singapore. Kai Shong, who's an alum of the podcast, he's fighting on the event. Uh, Glenn, who fought in the last jiu-jitsu competition, he's fighting on it. They're releasing fighters each week. Um, and then once we get the, the finalized card, we'll come in here and break it down. Maybe we'll get old Major back in here. Or uh, one of the Kai Shong, Alvin, somebody. We'll get people in here to, to break down all these fights, show you guys how you can watch them. As amateur MMA, local MMA, finally returns to Singapore. Not only that, but I also heard that uh, Arvin from SFC and uh, KBX are also looking to start some shows again soon. So we might have three promotions coming where they're going to have amateur fights happening in Singapore. We can't wait to cover them. Jake and I was our original vision to make sure that we covered local stuff. And there's been no local stuff to cover. (laughs) But covering the jiu-jitsu event was awesome. I can't wait to do the commentary for MMA because as much as I love doing the commentary for jiu-jitsu, which I do, it was so much fun. I'm an MMA fanboy, and I'm an MMA nerd, hardcore, specifically MMA, so I can't wait to fucking do that, dude. And we'll get some of the guys, the fighters or Alvin or, or whoever in here, to break down the event as we try to continue to build the martial arts scene in Singapore. All right, everybody. Thank you all for listening. This is the Stronghold Podcast. Have a nice day.